0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: Taylor Swift is coming to New Orleans and Margaritaville Resort Biloxi and Super Talk are giving away a free pair of tickets. For your chance to win, go register now at Margaritaville Resort Biloxi and get your name in for the final drawing from Margaritaville and Super Talk 103.1.
2: Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to
3: answer
0: your questions and call you.
3: Hello, baby. Hello,
4: hello, hello. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. I'm so glad you could be here. My goodness. What a week, huh? Is it up? Is it down? What day is it? I'll give you what season we're having. It just really depends on where you are at the moment. Now, I'm going to start with, I don't know, Brett. I don't know who you sent it to, but they left it for me. And the the banana enshrouded in blue plastic, and I understand there's a heater underneath it. Great picture, by the way. <laughs> okay, be sure you take that off today. It's going to get warm. <laughs> if you have covered up, Your camellias, if you have covered up one thing or another, um, by all means, realize that most of the time when the sun comes out and the temperature is above freezing, you need to take the covers off of whatever it is. All right. Just keep that. Bear that in mind. Heat builds up faster than you would think underneath there. And it's uh, it's easy to damage the plants on that end as well as on the frozen end. Now, me. Um, I I've cut down the bananas and the cannas before they actually go into mush, but you don't have to do that. Um, you can wait, and and if yours do go to mush, even underneath the covers, well, it, it becomes a mess to clean up. But you'll 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 clean up. And plants will be fine either way. Well, the wind has died down um, in Nettleton. <laughs> Good morning, Greg. <laughs> woo wee. Yeah, it true sure does get cold. Then you're absolutely right. It the the still air is when the frost forms on my truck. You know that kind of stuff. The the we have to. There's different kinds of phenomena, and depending on where you are, of course, you may have a wide open space that gets frosted first thing. In which case, you probably don't want to plant mustard greens anytime soon. But on the other hand, if you are a more protected area. You know, there's people out there trying something every week. That's part of why weekend gardening rolls along so we can talk about it. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. That is, of course, the Super Talk call line. And the text line where um Greg is weighing in already today, six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. We thank C Spire for that one. I uh If you have not listened to this program before, you may not know that I am almost as nearsighted as it takes to get some sort of disability recognition. And for that reason, I love, love, love any kind of technology that lets me see something better than I could see it before. I have um, just electron microscopes make the most beautiful images. Not only are they things I couldn't see, nobody could see them until we got to that point. But even what are called the simple bacteria have a much more beautiful impression on me when I can see photographs of them at the, at the level that their cellular level. California University at San Diego is working on those biofilms the bacterial communities of course that we find everywhere <laughs> you know they're they're everywhere and they're it's a it's always been assumed in that that some needed to be gotten rid of and some needed to be encouraged but what they were and what they were doing and all those things were not so much of of interest to us their patterns are what these folks are studying and they are spectacular really remarkable features exhibited by these clusters of bacteria that live together in the biofilms um I don't know how to tell you this, but if you don't know that, that biofilms are everywhere, I'm I'm hoping that it doesn't upset you too much this morning. The good news is the ones that are all over your skin protect you, <laughs> okay? Sometimes the ones that get in your ears don't, all right? There's just different things that, that we have to be aware of with bacteria, but seeing... How sophisticated these things are does help us understand better their work and, and how, what they do and possible applications that we could have. For example, they never thought that they could be organized, and of course they can. I mean, it's, let's face it, the natural world is, is built on organized, um, spaces and organized things that fill those spaces. So they developed experiments and a math model to figure out how they could make this work And they actually were able not only to observe, but also in some cases to manipulate that wave. We're back to waves again (laughs) as the wave changes in that biofilm. It's really interesting stuff and beautiful to to see. Um, Eight years of research. I'm glad they're doing it because I certainly don't want to spend eight years looking at that. But I'm happy that they did so that I can and you can, too. I don't know what's going on in your garden this morning, but Derek's in Greenwood, and he says they're up and down. So when do I cut back the crepe myrtles? Well, we still want to cut back the crepe myrtles, and we still want to cut back fruit trees like plums and peaches and and apples while they are at their most dormant, which will be at some point this month. OK, if you feel like it's going to be colder in two weeks, you can wait. If you feel like it's going to start warming up and everything's going to start growing, well, you probably do need to go ahead and, and take care of it. But that the the pruning needs to be done when those plants are at their least active growing in the tops. Our plants here, because our ground does not freeze, the plants do not ever stop growing underground. But it's very minimal compared to what happens later on when they're pushing and the top is pushing also we have a more difficult situation that's why we want to prune before the top gets growing and even the crepe myrtles fall into that category I have one that I'm thinking I'm going to dig up and move and I'm really considering doing that right away not that I want to it's too much work but it needs to be somewhere else (laughs) oh my goodness that's lovely Sissy, that's a beautiful angel trumpet. Uh, there, there were some angel trumpets in my email this week. Um, someone had cut them down and to root them, and they they actually went on and opened up blooms in the bucket. And somebody else said that there's croaks so they were going to try and root some more. A big, big plant to talk about this week are the angel trumpets. If that's on your mind, I'm your garden mama, and we can talk about it. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. They look really good and she has taken some cuttings, of course. When you're gonna take cuttings of the angel trumpets, um you really do wanna take or or the, the uh Confederate rose hibiscus, you wanna take them while those canes are still stiff. But you can wait until the last moment. You can wait until the leaves blow off in the first frost if it happens to work that way at your place. I don't have any trouble with that. That's really good. That's lovely. Angel trumpets January. Good grief. <laughs> I heard someone talking about, um, and this is not funny at all, but the the unlikeliness of a wildfire in Colorado in December. I'm sure that you've seen the unfortunate photos or the, heard people talk about the devastation that was done in those areas, and it is pretty unusual. It doesn't snow as much there in December as it does in February, traditionally, but it's usually not a time for wildfires and that it's been a mess for them to try to clean up. That is for sure. I know something else that everybody's doing because I've seen them out there. I've been cutting back the Clara Curtis mums. Other people have been digging up other perennial plants and dividing them. Um, be sure when you do that, when a, a perennial plant is one that has a clump form usually it has a center in other words it's an annual can sprout right up and all you'll see coming out of the ground is a stem but a perennial plant has some form of a center structure there's roots there's the crown and then there's the top and the crown is really what you have to take care of in order for the rest of the plant to be able to grow but when you dig and divide something that's overcrowded or something that someone's offered you a piece of you know that's really nice too you can give yourself the opportunity to dig up parts of it or to dig the whole thing up and separate it. Usually it's better to dig the whole thing up and separate it, but as I say, if somebody's just offering you a part of, say, a clump of stachys or or, or hosta or something, you're going to go into the edge of it with a very sharp trowel or something and cut in there, and that's how you're going to get it out, but you've got to get roots and crown and top. It's real important. Yes, Daniel? Can you put him on? Thank you very much, Ronnie, welcome in from Sura. What's up?
5: Well, how are you doing this morning?
4: Real well, thank you.
5: Good deal. Hey, uh, I've got some things that I were I was gonna uh, trim back and prune in January, but they've already started blooming, which they you know is at least a month or so early mm-hmm. And so I know when the frost hits and the winter really sets in like it's supposed to. Uh, it's probably going to die back. So I'm just wondering about the the pruning of that now. Should I, if it dies when it gets real cold, for, for, for real, what are the, can I go ahead and cut it? Or? What
4: plants? Well,
5: I knew that's what you were asking. <laughs> Do they drop uh, all
4: their leaves?
5: Uh, no, they don't drop all their leaves. Okay. They just come out with
4: a flower. Okay.
5: Uh, in first of spring.
4: What kind of flower?
5: I don't know. It's just a pretty yellow flower. I I forgot the name of the plant.
4: Okay. All right. Um, But but you're saying that they've already started putting on their new growth.
5: Yeah, and they're starting to get some blooms on there already.
4: So the question is, do you have to prune them? Are they in the way of something?
5: Well, they're kind of overbearing, but I mean you know I could I could tolerate it for another year. Okay,
4: I would let it go because in summer all, I mean it may there may come four days and it's frozen and you'll you know exactly what you have to cut after that. You know what I'm saying, but at the and on the other end of it, if we continue with this mild up and down, the you don't really want to stimulate new growth by pruning it and then have that get frozen. So, I'm going to leave it alone. And then, if it actually gets hit hard, I would prune after that. I got you. So, only if it gets hit hard. Yes. All
6: it, right, I mean, thank if, you.
4: if you told me you couldn't drive in your driveway because of it, I would say go ahead and cut it anyway. Okay. But since it can be left alone, I would rather see you leave it alone. And then, if it does get damaged by a, a really long process of cold weather right in the next month or two, that's the point where I would prune it.
5: Got you. All right. Thank you. Thank
4: you, Ronnie. Such a nice place, Sumrall. Let's see. On the text line, um, pruning pomegranate trees. Well, if you don't have to, don't. Um, but if you have, for example, some dead wood or a branch that, that um, crosses, one one crosses across the center of the canopy, that's, of course, something that you want to remove. But if you don't have to prune the pomegranate, there isn't any, there's not a necessity to do it. If you if you feel like it's getting too big or something, you can certainly reduce it while it's dormant, but don't don't go too heavy on it because they don't respond that well. Okay, okay. I'm not sure where you are, but oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Sherry wants to put some fern somewhere. Well, if, if it's a hardy fern, like a perennial fern that lives outside all the time. Sure, go ahead, dig it up, divide it, and find new places for the plants. But if it is a fern in a container it, it, that grows that way, I'm, it needs protection in the winter or you won't have it in the spring or it will take a long time to grow back even if it stays. So that's my best advice on that. That That's really, um, and, and I have to say, I did something I don't usually do while I was cutting back the Clara Curtis mums. I did cut into a rose that is trying to take over the front bed by crawling on the ground. Um it's not one that it it isn't it's something that I've moved twice and it has come back again. So it's interesting that now we're gonna talk to Jim in So So about roses. Jim, welcome into weekend gardening. What's on your mind today?
7: Good morning garden Mama. I hope you had a great Christmas and all I hadn't talked to you in a long time but I just Want to say good morning. Well, good blessed.
4: morning. I'm glad to hear from you. Every The new year is going well. Everything is just as, as peaceful today as it can be.
7: Well, great. Well, garden, Mama, I've got a yard full of roses.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
7: And my Easter lilies are already blooming again. <laughs> Not uh, last year.
4: I know. It's all upside down. <laughs> well,
7: thing about it, bad part about it is I've got two Easter lily buds up there. The rest of them be followed real quick,
4: mm-hmm.
7: and then this weather's going to do what it did. to them. I won't have no Easter lilies this year. Now, if they're well, if they're, I if,
4: they're I if they're in bud, or if they have even opened a little bit, but if they're in bud, oftentimes if you take them and put them in a vase of warm water, you'll get the flowers inside.
7: Yeah, okay, I'll try that. Try that. Uh, I, you know, last time I talked to you, I told you uh, we'd probably have a funeral around here on the Frost. I, think I got my pepper plant ain't got my peppers <laughs> don't get I got it covered up with heavy plastic, two lights under there, and I got peppers all over it. I got bell peppers.
4: I got tomatoes. Jim, that's that was, just wonderful. I'm not surprised the Easter lilies are blooming. <laughs> you know, they just join the party. <laughs> those tomatoes are about
7: a little bit smaller than them. A little bit bigger than them. I don't know. They ain't very big, but they're tomatoes. <laughs> well, Garden Mom, I enjoy you. Thank show. you, sir. I, oh,
4: appreciate hearing called? from oh. you. Thank you very very much you know i have I did pick the last of the marble sized um tomatoes on the the tasty one that I've enjoyed so much, and i'm they've just about all ripened, so i'm gonna <laughs> i think I have to eat them this weekend, which is January tomatoes is unusual for me outdoors in zone eight, okay now, the plant is in a container in the corner of the courtyard and all that sort of stuff, but it's still very cold, and that the plant just has has really surprised me has come on along okie doke the pomegranate is in jackson all right i'm just i'm serious please don't cut it back if you don't have to um, um, there's a lot that you can do if you need to for example if it has never branched if, if it's a four-year-old pomegranate and it's just one tall stem then yeah you're going to have to top it so that it can branch from the sides but that should be done when you're putting it in the ground and also each year a little bit but those are the things that happen in the very early years of a pomegranate after that it's just going to be fine as long as it doesn't have dead wood or maybe two branches that are rubbing up on each other or crisscrossing the canopy so that the sunlight can't get in if you need to thin it like that that's different thank you very much greg that's terrific um that that's a hot cup of coffee does not hurt. I'm having tea myself and it's full of cinnamon, so <laughs> I can I can put that forward for you today. It's a good choice. Do y'all eat lychees? I, I like lychees. I'm um I, I like well, I had the great pleasure of living where I had produce that I had never seen before in my life and that just sent me into a whole world of, of food that I had had never known existed. But Uh, They're really, really neat. You'll find lychees, though, um, oftentimes in ice cream. Sometimes you find them in highfalutin cocktails, you know, somewhere that, I don't know, somewhere that the cocktail is going to cost as much as the entree, (laughs) those kind of places. (laughs) But... They're finding out more and more about the genome. I think it's interesting that they studied it because it's been being grown in China since the Tang dynasty, for goodness sakes. But what, what more could there be to know? Well, you might be surprised. Think about it. Are you into, into leachies? What are you into? Call me. This is Weekend Gardening.
8: Darkness holds back. You want Get on. Get on. Don't cry, baby. Look at where you been.
3: You Welcome to Mike Drop, the show where Mississippi Farm Bureau President Mike McCormick drops some helpful knowledge. It's planting season in Mississippi, and our farmers are hard
5: at work in our state's biggest industry. That means the roads may see some large, slow moving farm equipment. It's important that everyone drive slowly, be patient, and stay safe
0: while we feed Mississippi and the world. Visit your Farm Bureau friends and neighbors at your county office or sign up online today at msfb.org. You can bet the farm on it.
9: The Mississippi Lottery is introducing a new daily draw game. It's called Cash Four. And if you know how to play Cash Three, you know how to play Cash Four. It's just that easy. You can play for 50 cents or a dollar with winnings from $100 all the way up to $5,000. And you can play every day with drawings at the same time as Cash 3. Cash 4 begins January 10th. Play Cash
10: 4 and win more. Have fun, y'all. Gambling Prom? Call 1-800-522-4700. Start off the new year with explosive savings our New Year celebration at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. In 2022, it's our resolution to continue our mission to give you the most savings possible every single day. That's right. We're here to get you the best deal possible on every Mitsubishi in stock. RidgelandMitsubishi.com. With zero down, pay only $2.89 per month on new 2022 Mitsubishi Mirage G4 ESs. That's zero down on brand new 2022 Mitsubishi Mirage. We're also offering super low 1.9% financing for 72 months, which will save you thousands in finance charges. And don't forget about Ridgeland Mitsubishi's new Lifetime powertrain warranty. That's right. A lifetime powertrain warranty only from Ridgeland Mitsubishi. Bring in your trade. We'll give you a whole lot for whatever you're driving, even if you don't buy a new one from us. So start off 2022 with explosive savings. During our New Year celebration at Ridgeland Mitsubishi, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. 1860 East County Line Road. Call 896-9600 today or visit Mitsubishi.com. Remember, you're approved at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. We'll approve credit deal with details.
12: 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at BaronistreePros That's BaronistreePros
4: Welcome to Weekend Gardening. Thank you for being here. Mike in Houston has got a beautiful white amaryllis just going wild. And um, he says it reminds him of Little Shop of Horrors, whose plant's name there, of course, was Audrey. If you got a plant that's blooming you want to show me, please send it on the C Spire text line. Six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. I love 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 seeing that. We can talk about it too on the Super Talk call line triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. A lot of people are not only pruning fruit trees at this time of the year, but they're all. By the way, lychee is also a stone fruit, but we don't grow it here. It's the, we're, our conditions are not right. But the point is that not stone fruits are not limited to what we think of in terms of plums and pears okay stone fruit is a fruit that has a skin and a a really tender usually delicious flesh inside of it and inside of that is the stone which inside of that is the seed this is one of the best protected groups of plants (laughs) that you'll ever run into but anyway a lot of folks are not only pruning but they're also preparing to plant in the fruit tree world. And I, I just wanted to make sure that if you are doing bare root, which is a great way to get fruit trees and a lot of other things, but fruit trees particularly, when you're going to do those, though, make sure that you've got, you know, you know, I, I do think there probably are books about this that I just haven't discovered yet, but there are at least 500 uses for a five-gallon bucket in the garden. All right? Turn it upside down and sit on it, for one thing. Drill holes in it and grow something in it. But in this case, you are going to take a five gallon bucket or something big enough to hold the bare root, um, the, the bare root fruit starts that you've got, and put the warm water in, put in some compost tea, put in some worm castings, put in some fertilizer a little bit of some sort, and soak those things overnight. Okay? Not only are we hydrating them, but we're also infusing them with some nutrition before we get them there. So before you plant, You'll, you'll see, when, depending on where you buy your bare root, you'll have, it may be pruned ahead of time or not, and there will be instructions if you're supposed to prune it. Follow those. It's important. Okay? Okay. <laughs> well, good morning, Mabel. What's going on at your garden?
13: Uh, one thing, uh, my flowers I, I brought inside look like they just down away, just dropping all the leaves and. And I don't know what's going
4: on with them. Sometimes it's a matter of needing more light. You know, in other words, an artificial light, a grow light bulb in a lamp instead of just a regular light bulb in the lamp. And sometimes it's just as simple as we can't get enough water to them. And I don't tell my children this, but on more than one occasion, I've taken all the houseplants and put them into the bathtub and watered them there.
13: <laughs> I, I used to do mine like that. It's been a while since I used to set them in the tub and mm-hmm. turn the shower on on them. And yep.
4: It can help a lot, particularly mm-hmm. this this time of year when we're running the heat so much.
13: Yeah, Well, maybe that'll help. Okay. Cause I, but I want to know, can you plant a aloe vera uh, plant in your flower bed?
4: No. It needs to be in, you're in zone 8, um, like me, and it'll freeze. It yeah, may not freeze I, this year, but it'll freeze some year.
13: Yeah, because it was a girl, she she got one, she can't find no pot to put it in, it's getting mm. so big, I had gave it to her. And mm-hmm. uh, she asked me, couldn't you put it in the flower bed? I said, well, I asked garden Mother.
4: The answer is, is no, because it, it'll it grow for months and months and months, even maybe a year or so, but at some point it's going to get too cold for it, and it's going to freeze.
13: That's I told her, but I said, I asked Godmother. <laughs> knows she knows. <laughs> Thank okay. you, ma'am, it's, good yeah, to, to hear from you. To do is get and and put it in yeah. right
4: yeah you can take you know you can take a a a, a dixie cup you can take a a, a a an old can you can drill holes in anything poke holes in anything and grow stuff in it that shouldn't be a limiting factor for her so I hope she'll find something soon. Okay. Thank you, ma'am. Uh-huh. Good to hear from you. You know, one of the things that that everybody talks about is what can I grow this in? Anything that will hold soil, will drain, and is big enough to hold the plant you're trying to grow. Okay. Obviously, if it's made out of paper, it's not going to last very long. But on the other hand, if it's if it's made out of lots of if it's made out of pulp paper for you know thick sorts of paper things, sometimes those are plantable. So that's fun too. Oh John, that's beautiful John. That's wonderful. Lovely lovely river picture this morning. Thank you. Andreas in Madison. This is great. This is just lovely. This is that um flowering maple, the abutilon, and it's in Madison and it's obviously in a protected area, but yeah, it's it's it should it's it's not going to be there if if we have that four or five really frozen cold nights it's going to get knocked down uh the one that is blooming at my place is just gorgeous too and i know it it hasn't gotten it's not gotten got yet but it will if it if we have that ridiculous week i'm hoping we don't have (laughs) oh this is lovely 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 that's a beautiful one i'm so happy to see so so happy to see the um The the lovely, beautiful morning glory. I mean, Vinca. Um, There was morning glories on one and Vinca on the other. That's lovely. Yep. The morning glory is taken off. That's lovely. But the Vinca is blooming at my house, too. And uh, the blue Vinca, the big one. And it usually does not start up until the daffodils start blooming. Um, Interestingly enough. So, see, but we can enjoy these things. Even when even when we're not so sure that we want them to be blooming because we don't know what's going to happen next, it's still nice to see. And particularly that flowering maple, you're right. I don't know why they didn't look any better this summer, but mine looks better now than it has all year, too. Thanks for sending that one. Um, fun stuff. Um, let's see. Amanda has relocated to Tennessee, and she wants to... I don't know. I don't know where you would send. I don't know where you would t- take tulips from one place to the other. No, <laughs> leave them where they are. If you're planting them this year, certainly only plant them once. But if they're in the garden already, I would. They're, if you're seeing the leaves, you're they're about to bloom, so leave them alone. Um, elderberry can be planted in the yard. Absolutely, I might protect it because this is North Mississippi. I might, um, I might protect it for maybe till the end of February and then plant it, just to be sure that it doesn't just get frozen to the ground. It's still, this is, it's very possible that we will have a solid week of below freezing temperatures. It's not anywhere in the long term forecast. It's, you know, not in the tea leaves as they say, but the chances are it still could happen, and I have to be a little bit cautious for you because I don't want you to lose that plant. Um, and, and elderberry is a wonderful one. That's another one of those plants. You know, I've I've said I've always said that um, we don't take advantage of the plants that we have here as as well as we could. liatris or gay feather, our native, is can be three feet tall here. Those stems sell for two bucks a piece all day long in cities, and and they grow wild in our ditches. Okay, but we don't we don't pick them. We go and order something from somewhere else believe me all us in the mississippi cut flower growers group are definitely out there picking them when we can but you know that's that's part of what we end up doing is not realizing how easily we can grow elderberry elderberry is the just fancy fancy syrups and stuff are made out of elderberry think royal weddings i mean you know these are this is a fancy plant in the places where it doesn't grow so easily like many many things you know <laughs> Oh, my goodness, that's lovely. Beautiful, beautiful ornamental corn. I tell you what, if we can get them gardening when they're little, just like this, this is this is delightful. So much fun to see. So much fun to see, Rhett. Thank you. Appreciate that. Fun stuff. <laughs> and all the cats in Nettleton. <laughs> just in Forest County today on the text line. Do I need to rent a tractor? (laughs) Oh dear. To get rid of a pesky century plant. Mm, What you actually need is somebody that wants it to come and dig it up for you. But if it's, you know, if it's the size of a small car, then yeah, you're going to have to get something big enough to pull it all out at once. If it is smaller, you might be able to get. Two or three people with shovels and and do some prying and lifting, but they 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 have a, they have a thick stem for one thing, and they do make a lot of roots. So I'm I'm it's possible you might need to rent something. It just kind of depends. But if you're if you're taking it, if somebody, if you can get somebody else to come dig it up, that's even better. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that all is. I have ornamental grass clumps that I'm trying to get somebody to come dig up, and the person who was coming to get the pine straw never showed up, so I don't think I'm going to be able to get rid of the ornamental grass either. Oh, that's beautiful on the 10-time waterway this morning. Bubba, that's gorgeous. Just beautiful. Thank you so much for showing me. 30 miles south of Columbus. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Pretty place. Um, Somebody asked me last week about growing wisteria how do they get it to be in a, a, a tree shape as opposed to a vine And the answer is pruning, pruning, pruning but if you have one and you want to do that this is a really good time to get to prune wisteria anyway so if you're trying to hold on to one and, and get the trunk of it to thicken up this is a good time to to start cutting back the top of that particular one it may or may not bloom, but you've got to get it to be thick on top first. Now, the way to prune wisteria, which can also be done along with muscadines in the wintertime, is to look at the cane, the, the vine, look at that long cane. And when you look at it, you will see that along the way, there are stems that stick straight up off of it. They make a T, okay? That's where the potential flowers are so you don't cut those off you cut them down to two or three inches same way you would do for muscadines um, same way you would actually same way you do apples after you prune an apple tree to shape the canopy and to shorten the stems to stimulate growth then you give yourself the opportunity to go in and cut those what are called spur the fruiting spurs on apples the the branch will be going straight out and at a teeth on them absolutely perpendicular that will be those fruiting spurs those are the ones that you cut back short so that they can bloom that's another reason why you have to do all of this in the winter time otherwise you're you're cutting a tree that's full of leaves and flowers um another question when should you cut back hydrangeas the answer is it depends on what kind of hydrangea it is so um but none of them actually right this minute all right Let's put Jeb up here and talk to Jeb. Good morning. What's on your mind, sir?
7: Oh, yes, ma'am. I just wanted to talk about some conifers.
4: Which ones?
7: Oh, what I, I can send you a picture of them as quick as we get off the phone. I don't exactly know okay. what kind they are, but I was just wanting to know if it's a good time to relocate them right now, or should I wait before we do it and if you need some help doing stuff in your yard i'll be glad to come help you move stuff around
4: (laughs) thank you jeb i appreciate hearing from you that's wonderful decalb's a little far from my house but thank you i appreciate the offer the conifers can be transplanted just like anything else between november and february now remember most conifers have really really deep tap roots so the older the tree is the harder it's going to be and the more soil you're going to have to dig up so it's a big
8: problem Yes, sir. Hey, Daniel. Hey, Nellie. Um, I got a qu- Jim actually called back, and he actually got a question. He said that um, he has a couple wild oaks and two red oaks at his house, and they're a little bit closer to his house than he wants them to. The white oaks, he said, they're four feet tall. And the, red, and the two red oaks, he said, are two feet. And he was wondering, uh, does he need to move them since they're a little bit closer to his house? And how deep does the holes need to be and how far to move them?
4: Well, if you're going to transplant them, I, I, don't, I don't want there to be, and this is not the case at my house, but I don't want there to be a tree within about at least 10 yards of the house, if that's possible. But... That doesn't usually work out that way. Trees that big, however, do need their own space. Oak trees need to be, you know, out in a nice, wide-open spot. And as far as if you're gonna, if you if you have an area, if it if they're uphill now from where they're going to be, you probably need to improve the soil. But otherwise, they're growing in your soil. And I, I would say that all you need to do is get them lifted and transplanted before the end of February. I think that'll answer him. Yeah, I think that will trees are, Oak trees are not the easiest, but this is the time to do that, the conifers and the oak trees. And, yes, um, that century plant, just in case we need to get the tractor. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm telling you, it's a whole lot easier if you just find somebody else that wants them that will come get it. <laughs> okay, it's a limelight hydrangea. In, in that case, it is late winter um, for limelights. And again, don't take off more than a third of their size overall, but I will take that opportunity to uh, take off any old flowers that are still there and shorten everything just a little bit so the new growth comes out nice and thick. Okay? Okay. They do say this. um, It's not my children, but I do have friends that have long said I'm crazy. But as long as it's this fella singing about it, I'm okay. This is weekend gardening.
12: The best made to order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th and Gold Sports Cafe. The Philly Cheese Steak Sandwich or Wrap, Melt in Your Mouth Pulled Pork Sandwich, and the best burger in the Metro. Call 769 208 8283. Once again, 769 208 8283.
11: Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events. But thanks to two men in a truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need a professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit Two for a free, no obligation estimate.
3: Hi, this is Thomas Trammell with Family Termite, and I have an important message. After this year's record-breaking snowstorm, termites will most likely be swarming in historical numbers in an effort to recolonize and replace parts of their colonies ravished by the extreme weather. Family Termite offers free termite initial inspections and competitive pricing. Call Family Termite today at 601-933-1014 and let us protect your home. Because we hate termites more than you
2: do. Prescription products require an online consultation with a healthcare provider and are only available if the provider determines a prescription is appropriate. Subscription required. See website for full details and important safety information.
0: Hey guys, good news. The outrageously expensive little blue pill is now generic, which means you can get the prescription medication to treat ED at affordable prices. And HIMS makes it extra affordable. You pay just thirty bucks for a month's supply. And right now, get your first online doctor's visit totally free when you go to fourhims.com/slash joy. That's right, free, zero copay, no expensive appointments, no awkward face-to-face conversations to get your prescription. HIMSS connects you to doctors online who can evaluate you and, if appropriate, prescribe your ED medication. And a pharmacy sends it right to your door. HIMS makes it affordable, private, and incredibly easy. Nobody likes dealing with ED. Now, thanks to HIMS, nobody has to. And that's really good news. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, forhims.com slash joy. That's forhims.com slash joy for your free online visit. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash joy.
1: Innovative health clinic in Ridgeland is now offering monoclonal antibody treatments. Monoclonal antibody therapy offers a way to help reduce and prevent severe symptoms in COVID-positive patients and for those who have been in close contact with someone who has tested positive. Most insurance providers will cover the cost. If you are uninsured, you may be eligible for reimbursement through the federal government. To find out if you are eligible for this treatment option, call Innovative Health Clinic today, 601-944-5585.
12: No-Drip Roofing and Construction. The name says it all. All types of roofing and construction, your certified Certainteed shingle installer, family-owned and operated for over 20 years here in the Metro. No-Drip Roofing and Construction, 601-371-1051.
8: I was sitting there selling turnips on a flatbed truck, crunching on a pork rind when she pulled up. She had to be thinking this is where it next come from. At Hollywood, written on her last license plate, she was lost in looking for the interstate. Needing directions, and I was a man for the job. I told her way up, gone to pass the
15: caution light. There's a little country store with no coke sign.
4: I was sorry to hear that the Grammys are going to have to be postponed or canceled or something i guess the awards will still be sent to people but uh this latest round with the omicron variant has caused an awful lot of things to close up or at least change the way they're doing things i'm not uh i'm not surprised i mean that's sort of the life of a virus anyway but I am kind of sad about that because it is really the only time and for me, the Grammys is the only time when there's music from all the genres in one place and presumably the best of all of it. So I can kind of dip in there and not have to listen to a whole lot of stuff. And when I listen to country music, I'm always impressed by how much it has changed in, in my lifetime. Um, it, there, there's a, there's a much more, well, there, And then there's fellows like the Turnip Green guy who still sound like they could be, you know, um, playing with, well, with Lester Flat, if not Earl Scruggs. Y'all know the difference, I'm sure. So, question on the text line from Cookie and Beauregard. How do you take care of a poinsettia? Well, this is the time when everybody starts looking at them and going, what am I going to do now? Because it's either fine or it's dropped some leaves or it's maybe, maybe dropped all of them, but a few that you'll see. I did see one person um, posted this week that she had this beautiful poinsettia and it had only red on it. All the green leaves were gone. She said she picked it up off the side of the road somewhere and it was completely wilted, but when she watered it, the red bracts picked back up even though all of the leaves had fallen off and she wanted to know what to do about it. And of course, the answer is enjoy it for a little bit and then cut those things, cut the red bracts off. Now, in the case of this one from, from Cookie, You've probably got still got some green leaves on it, and I'm going to give you basically the same advice: enjoy it, and then cut off the red bracts. I will also tell you that my Paul the poinsettia is now three and a half feet tall in its container. Out of the container, it's a big old thing, and it is reddening up. It, it's beautiful. I've been very impressed with its his ability to sustain. But that thing does shed leaves even even now, even now as it's looking good and it's in a good position. But the way to keep them going is to keep them indoors and then use them as one of your porch plants. You don't want to put it out in full sun in the summertime. Um, it, if it was in a greenhouse, it could probably take full sun. That's a different environment because in there you're watering every day. But in in our regular climate in this part of the world, it's going to beat it up and you'll end up having to water too often so keep it in the container move it up to a larger container if the roots come out the bottom make sure that you're watering it and fertilizing it but don't put it outdoors until the weather's really very very warm and it will grow and do fine for you they're they're a lovely house plant in addition to everything else let's see um <laughs> okie-dokie Super duper. Um, Loretta's wanting to relocate some orchids, I, I guess, into another container. We don't, the only, we don't grow very many orchids in the ground here. Um, but we do grow ground orchids. We grow a few of the terrestrial orchids. This would not be the time to transplant them, but if you have some that you want to say put into a larger container or maybe the soil has gotten old and you know the 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 bark is crumbled or something yeah you can put them into another container now because that's an indoor garden project okay okay um that's great (laughs) oh goodness gracious that's okay jeff i got you um James, no, don't put, don't put the poinsettia outside right now. It's too cold wherever you are. Or at least some nights are too cold. The days may not be, but some nights are too cold. I'm really happy to tell you that one of the things that I'm sure everybody has thought of in their life, why can't, you know, we all have the smart house and the smart refrigerator and all this kind of thing. I have thought all my life that the house should be like that house in the little book about the little house where it basically adapts to everything all around it all the time. And by the end of the book, of course, there's skyscrapers all around the little house, in the, much in the same way that the skyscrapers surround little tiny churches in some cities, um, in, in New York, for example, and, and also in, in Oakland, California. But now we're talking about houses that are going to be smart because, come on, Every day of her life in her house that I was aware of, my grandmother got up and opened the blinds in the morning to let the sun in and then closed them when it got too hot in the middle of the afternoon or at night if, it, if the weather was pleasant. Well, why can't we have, Why can't the windows just do that? Now they can. The University of Pittsburgh is letting us know that energy-efficient windows are going one step farther. A smart window design that would harvest the sun's energy in the winter to warm the house and reflect it in the summer to keep the house cool. Now come on, you know that's perfect. We need that. We all need that one. I like it. <laughs> really fun thing to think about. If we could have the you know, we already have doors that open when you walk up to them. And we do have some screens that come down on on command at least. If we could just have them actually be harvesting sunlight at the same time or Reflecting the sunlight onto something else, wouldn't that be perfect? Uh, I really like this. The ideas are coming to fruition, they say, with the aid of their long-standing industrial collaborators. Well, yeah, it would take a long time to figure that out. But including the energy that would be required to control this phenomenon on the window, it would save around 30% of energy uses compared to the double-paned windows that most of us have. That was a big Im- improvement for me. If you've ever had a house old enough that you could hear the wind whistling through the windows, you know that you need new windows. And I'm happy to say that I did get those. But anyway, fun stuff. This is another one of those optical stack things where it's just teeny tiny nanometers thick, you know, just teeny tiny thing. And then the phase change is where the where they're able to get uh, the opportunity to collect the, the solar energy and phase change into the inside. I love that. That's really fun. That's really fun. Uh, oh dear. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not the world's best at dog training. I've got to tell you, I'm 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 a little better with cats, but not a lot. But Jeff, I'm gonna think about this and see if I can come up with some ideas for you. When you inherit an animal, there's often times a period where you just have to kind of. I don't know, get to know each other, get to know each other's habits and cues and signals. The dog who um, is at at my house informed me this morning that she was cold and did not want to go outside. (laughs) This was nonverbal, complete communication. Put that blanket that I'm looking at, put that blanket back on me and stop trying to get me to leave, (laughs) to go outside. Okay. (laughs) I got the message. I did that for her. Another big story coming this week for us from the American Institute of Physics is about our favorite critters, the spiders and their silk. You know, um, the studies, just, just the studies alone and the things that we have learned in the last four or five years about spider silk are just inspiring, both the strength the, the the ability of these spiders to weave anywhere all of these things now we're working on sustainable products this is great just wonderful wonderful stuff oh by the way uh this is your weather forecast for at some point in the next i don't know you know it's cold one day and hot the next and then it rains so here we go stick around weekend garden weekend gardening rolls
8: on
13: in the gym.
3: I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk.
0: You're listening to WFMN, Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Barone's Tree Pros. 601-345-8090.
1: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. We're still seeing a surge in COVID cases due to the Omicron variant. State epidemiologist Dr. Paul Byers encourages parents to get their little ones vaccinated. As of last week, only four percent of five to eleven-year-olds had had both shots.
8: When you look at the little bit older
2: kids, the twelve to seventeen-year-old kids, we still have um, relatively low vaccination rates. With um, overall uh, fully vaccinated about 35 to 40 percent.
1: Mississippi will receive around $1.8 billion in federal money through the American Rescue Plan. The state collected over a billion more in state revenue than anticipated for the fiscal year. Governor Tate Reeves told us how he'd like to see it spent.
15: Uh, we ought to focus on uh, returning some of that money to the taxpayers, give the taxpayers a pay raise. Uh, in addition to that, I think we ought to uh, increase pay for our teachers.
1: For Supertalk Mississippi News, I'm Kelly Bennett.
9: The Mississippi Lottery is introducing a new daily draw game. It's called Cash 4. And if you know how to play Cash 3, you know how to play Cash 4. It's just that easy. You can play for 50 cents or a dollar with winnings from $100 all the way up to $5,000. And you can play every day with drawings at the same time as Cash 3. Cash 4 begins January 10th. Play Cash 4 and win more. Have fun, y'all. Gambling prompt, Call 1-800-522-4700.
1: A federal grant used to purchase an anti-racism bookshelf has caught the attention of State Auditor Shad White. In a video this week, he held up a book titled Not My Idea and quoted a phrase from it that states White is a bad deal not only did
2: you pay for that with your federal tax dollars you also weirdly paid for it twice because
12: your state tax dollars went to the mississippi library commission which helped select that book
8: to be in mississippi libraries and i've pulled that book as an example but there are a lot more like
0: it with content just like it
1: white who backs banning critical race theory says taxpayers shouldn't be asked to subsidize ideas like this Close to $3 and in Department of Justice grants are being awarded to six Mississippi school districts for violence reduction. The money will be used to help improve school security, upgrade their technology, and enhance emergency preparedness. For more information on this story, find us online at supertalk.fm. I'm Kelly Bennett.
15: With Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. The first full Saturday of Southeastern Conference basketball finds Mississippi State at Ole Miss tonight, seven thirty to tip off, seven o'clock airtime on both basketball networks. The Bulldogs are ten and three, one and zero, riding a four-game win streak, while the Rebels are eight and five, zero and one in the conference, looking to break a two-game losing streak. The Rebels are led by Jarkel Jorner, averaging 15 points a ballgame. He may or may not be in the lineup tonight. He did not play and lost to Tennessee on Wednesday. The Bulldogs are led by Iverson Molinar with 17 points a ballgame. 7.30 tip-off in Oxford, 7 o'clock airtime on both basketball networks. Other games in Southeast Conference today find South Carolina at Vanderbilt. Arkansas is at Texas A&M. Alabama is at Missouri, unless COVID gets into it. Tennessee is at LSU. Georgia at Kentucky. Florida at Auburn. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi.
8: This is Jake Mangum. It's great to be on a team that is based in Mississippi. It's important to me that my team supports our high schools, universities, and several local events throughout the state. Of course, I'm talking about my home team, Farm Bureau Insurance. If you aren't already with Farm Bureau, it's time to join the team. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance or find a local agent at msfbins.com.
3: Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team.
15: The Pro Football Hall of Fame list of candidates for the class of 2022 have been released. Three players made the list on their first year of eligibility. Wide receiver Andre Johnson, linebacker DeMarcus Ware, and kick returner Devin Hester. Also making the list, former Ole Miss star Patrick Willis, who played linebacker from 2007 to 2014 for the 49ers. Also making the list was Reggie Wayne, wide receiver for the Colts. The late Sam Mills, who played linebacker for the Saints and the Panthers. Tory Hope who is the bribe receiver for the St. Louis Rams and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Also on the list, Dick Vermil in the coaching category, Art McNally as contributor, and Cliff Branch as a senior player are candidates for the class of 2022. Five players will be elected for enshrinement in August and will be announced on February the 10th prior to Super Bowl weekend, and the enshrinement will be this August at Canton, Ohio. I'm Dixon Williams, as this is Super Talk Sports, Mississippi.
2: Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you.
4: Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for deciding that Weekend Gardening needs to be in your ear today. Whatever day today is, you might be listening right now live in color Saturday morning, 8 to 10, all the Supertalk stations and, of course, Supertalk.tv, if you dare. And the, anywhere else you might be listening. But you might be listening to the rebroadcast. You might be listening on a download that you got from Supertalk.fm. I, however you're getting it, thank you very, very much. You could be listening to my friend Ralph's cassettes. He still cassette tapes me because he has to work. And then he goes listens later. Everybody's got their own thing. You give me two hours a week, I'll make you a better gardener and a happier person. I promise. I promise. No doubt about that. And it's a good thing to make in January the the assumption, as we all hate to make assumptions, but let's make the assumption that you want to be a gardener or you are a gardener or you wouldn't be listening to this particular program unless you just like the sound of my voice, in which case, thank you. I appreciate that, too. Now, let's start with what you need to be doing. It's January. Maybe you're saying to yourself, I don't want to be a gardener today. What about that? What about all that? How about sharpening your tools? Have you done that? How about shopping for seeds? Have you done that? How about considering what you're actually going to do in your garden? Have you laid out a plan? Have you started maybe a little diary or even a calendar? My goodness, this is the time, you know. All of those things will make you a better gardener and, frankly, a smarter person because, let's face it, we all make mistakes in the garden but if we make a few notes, we might not have to make the same mistake twice. Okay, that's kind of the way I look at the world. Um, I have I have found another quote from Betty White, the late Betty White, that I really appreciate, and uh, it, it it I can't give it to you exactly because I'll, I'll paraphrase it. It's basically I just tried to be nice to people so that I could have a good time too. You know, and that's the truth. If you make a mistake. You need to know you did so you can go back and fix it. You don't want to keep making the same ones over and over again. And speaking of making mistakes, this is the time that you want to think about seeding everything from broccoli to leeks. Anything that we consider an early spring crop, if you want to be getting that into the ground anywhere in zones 7 and 8, and probably even zone 9, if you want to be getting those things in the ground at the end of February by all means get started because you need six weeks for all of those things. It's also if you're for example, if you're in zone nine. Good morning, Ocean Springs, how y'all doing? It's time to plant nasturtiums. Might even plant sweet peas if you're if you're having a good day there. There's a lot of things that we can all do at the same time. There's other things that we have to kind of take through the run. I, I give beets for as an example. We begin planting beets in This part of the world in in Zone 7, for example, we start planting those beets in August, all right? But you can also be planting them all the way now, particularly the warmer your place is, or if you have a cloche that you're willing to put over the bed to keep it a little bit warmer. It's just we just have the best growing conditions in the world, and we need to take advantage of them. Teeny, tiny, little bitty seeds like the broccolis and the leeks, oh, my goodness, really do need... They're some good attention and someone was telling me yesterday about seeding some teeny tiny seeds with a wet, basically, a popsicle stick. Um, you get it wet, tamp it off a couple of times so that it'll pick up just a couple of seeds and then you can flick them off into the soil without trying to pick them up in your fingers or put them into my favorite, the salt shaker with the sand in it, you know, which does work. But sometimes if you're working on small, you know, inch or smaller, containers that you're trying to get them into you end up planting too many if you'd use the sand and salt shaker trick for tiny seeds so it's just something to think about what's on your mind 888 is the Super Talk call line 601-879-4395 of course is the ceasefire text line they're both open to you i um i'm really interested in this particular, I, I don't know. I, I, we learn so much about DNA in in my lifetime, and, and it seems like more and more every year we are able to understand more things that it tells us. So obviously, the DNA has been around as long as we have, but now we're current biology has a story um, out this week that tells us that it's not just. The, shall we say, the um, the animals in their food processing that we smell in the zoo, there's also DNA in those smells. That's right. That's right. The air itself contains enough DNA to identify the animals. Is that crazy? Well, no. It actually makes tremendous sense. But it could be a really powerful way without any kind of invasion of the, the environment to actually track biodiversity or its lack in a specific area of the world. And that's very, very important, of course, because we understand just like monoculture in plants, um, monopopulations, single single critter populations oftentimes don't do as well as a more diverse set of animals. So capturing airborne environmental DNA. I love this. This is just wild. we do a lot of monitoring of terrestrial species, of course, my favorite being the tiny chip that goes in in, in there that tells us, you know, sends a, n- a motion up to the satellite every time the thing turns over and we find out later how long the bears are in hibernation and what their respiratory rates are, you know, all kinds of stuff that we couldn't possibly see without disturbing the bears greatly. So keeping the environment safe for them, whatever creature it is, really does give us an, a leg up, but... If we have to do that, then clearly we have to get to where the animal is to put the tracker on the animal, all right? And or or we have to, you've probably seen, um, we have wildlife cameras and sometimes that works out and sometimes the wildlife come over and look at them and knock them over, you know, and it's gone. You can't see anything anymore. You just spent however many thousands of dollars on a project and maybe your master's degree is riding on it and you don't have anything to see, but. Compared to what people find in rivers and lakes, monitoring airborne DNA is very, very difficult. However, it can be done, and once it can be done in an environment without disturbing the environment or the animals there, it's going to be a great tool to helping us understand what we need to do, what we what we need to keep up with, and also, frankly... Um, what animals are doing better than others in ways that we couldn't have understood before because we'll be able to see the ones that never come out. And that's pretty exciting. Um, on the other hand, sometimes we know so much stuff. Now we have to send out, this is a cautionary note to Yogi Bear and to Boo Boo Bear. It turns out Ye who steal the picnic baskets and eat the human food are not going to be as healthy a bears as the bears that don't. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And it's not just me telling you this. It's not just because I don't want you eating my picnic basket. It's because North Carolina University has done some pretty extensive studies to let us know that the microbiome of black bears is badly affected. Not a good thing when they eat human food. Um, North Michigan University also was working with them because there's black bears all over that place. And we understand, of course, and they, they make this their posit that the microbiome in humans is very different from that in bears and finding out that finding out that modern processed foods reduce microbial biology in our in our guts and changes things well, yep, turns out it's the same thing is true for bears and, and probably other wildlife. But again, here we go. We have to we have to go along with the hunters in order to collect these samples from the bears. I would prefer the airborne myself. We're going to need to make that a little more sophisticated, I think. Pretty f- interesting. Um, that's great. Yes, you, Tricia, you can dig up um, you can dig up hydrangeas at this time of year and relocate them in your garden. No problem at all. Thank you for listening. And um, Brian's in JS. Is it too late to plant a wildflower mix? We're right on the cusp of too late and too early. If it were me and I wanted to plant a selection of wildflowers right now, I would be starting little tiny plugs or little small seedlings with the notion of planting them at the same time that I'm sowing more seed just for kind of an insurance policy. For example, if you want to get Cosmos started, which is one of our very best wildflowers, state wildflower, you could start seeds now and by the end of February you would have plants ready to go out, but you could also seed again at that point and then you'll end up with twice as many and if one doesn't work the other one will. So that's that's a, a pretty you that's not always the truth, but that's usually the truth. All this talk about um, dogs this morning brings to mind this bit of research going on in Japan. I had no idea. Fifteen percent of people worldwide are allergic to dogs. Really? Yeah, really. Now, there are seven different allergens, okay? But one of them is the one that's major- that's um, responsible for the majority of the reactions. And it is, in fact, found on the dog's tongue. Um, in their salivary glands and on their skin, which is, of course, why my grandmother said, don't let that dog kiss you. <laughs> you know? So I'm sure everybody's grandmother said that. <laughs> I don't know. But what they're working on is a vaccine against dog allergies, and it would it would certainly help. This is an epitope thing. This is about um, binding the antigen receptor so that you can't, you, you can't get it. It's not that the dog won't still be generating it, it's that you won't get it. It's a pretty interesting stuff. But... There's a million Americans with dog allergies. There's a lot of money in that. <laughs> That's great potential. My goodness, I had no idea. Fifteen percent of people worldwide are allergic to dogs. Huh. Who knew? Oh my goodness. We're more, more about the dog. That's I'm kind of that way too though, Jeff, I have to tell you. Anyway. Got plants' reactions to heat stress and some implications that that means in ancient diets. Um, uh, Information that is not bad coming from bleached coral reefs. You know, that's pretty unusual. But I'm happy to say that that's a little bit different uh, than what we usually hear around here. This is the time, of course, to take down those ornamental grasses. And I'm serious. I've got four or five clumps that this woman's going to come and get. But they're starting to grow again already because this weather has been so up and down roller coaster. I've let you know before that the green was coming up in the ornamental grasses while the plumes were still on, which is not usually the case in January. January is usually when they're completely brown and we cut them down so they can start the new growth. But because we have... New understanding of how that grass sheath works, it really is as protected as you think it is. The, the growing point is way down in the, the bottom of that grass sheath. So as long as you're not actually scalping the plant, you can be cutting off some of the green and it won't hurt. Besides which, subsequent freezes will turn that green brown anyway. So it's, it, it would eventually do that. But if you wait too long to do these January type pruning projects, whether it's the crepe myrtles or the stone fruits or the figs, Oh, dear, the figs. I'm going to need a saw to cut this fig this year. This thing really grew last year. My goodness. But all of those things really do need to get done. Otherwise, we get to the middle of February, and it's time to prune roses, and we're way behind already for the whole year. So get started on the January pruning and understand that, as we were speaking in the previous hour, on the caller and I were talking about his evergreens that are actually starting to bloom a little bit. My feeling actually is still if something's growing actively, don't prune it right now because we could have that long, cold week, and in that case, the new growth would get bit and you'd have to come back and prune it again, or it could actually hurt the shrub or the tree a little bit more. So do do the pruning on the things that are dormant now, and that's from ornamental grasses through crepe myrtles and, you know, into the fruit trees that we, we so love and, and want to get a, a grip on. And I'm I'm serious. I think the chainsaw is going to be required on the fig. It, it, it's, this is the fig that I have that is 12 feet tall, and it makes two figs a year. So this is the year that it's going to get cut down, and it's either going to branch and make more branches, or it'll still make only two, but it won't bother me as much because it'll only be six feet tall. We shall see. We shall see. Oh, talking about animal conservation and um, this whole business of the zoo air, it it is difficult to find and understand the the DNA in other parts of the world, for example, in the water. So what we're looking at there tends to be, again, an after-harvest analysis. However, the University of Montana is putting out the word, says, well, Their two native trout are being overrun by other trout and breeding with other trout as well as other trout coming into the area because they require cold streams and a continuous flow of water. These two native trout species there in Montana do. But the threatened one, the bull trout, for example, that also requires this is losing ground even more because the warmer weather and lower summer water levels. In other words, it, it, as the, as the climate warms, the, there's not as much snow on the mountain, so there's not as much water in the stream in the summer from melt, and, you know, from the melting of the ice pack, so there's not as much environment for the fish to live in. So that's kind of difficult. Meanwhile, there are other, the, the cutthroat trout, um, been dating a little too much. Mm-hmm. That's right. They're, they're um, the, the brook trout outcompete them, first of all, and get along in the weather better. The rainbow trout readily hybridize with them, and the threat from them is pretty incredible because the rainbow trout like the warmer weather even more. So things are changing there, and no one has told these two trout that they need to go to Canada. I mean, you know, they 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 need to pack up at least some of them and move them to keep them in another environment that they can monitor and keep in the environment that they are needing. Maybe somewhere that never had any water that now is melting and gets it. I don't know. But this is the way that the fish and wildlife folks try to work on these things. They do the data sets. They take data. They collect it and collect it and collect it. And they found overall um that the uh, the trout occupancy <laughs> i love that which is the amount of the stream where a species is present present rather has declined by double digits in the case of the bull trout and and 6% less in the west slope so it's a big deal between 1993 and 2018 they're going to go on it's continuing it's a it's an arc it's not it's not one that's going to decline so interestingly enough there's a uh, we got to talk to those rainbow trout and get them to keep to themselves. Although they're going to probably dominate anyway because of the, of the warmer conditions that just are not right for the native trout there in Montana. Something to think about. Thank goodness for the departments of wildlife and fisheries, huh? I know, and parks and other they have titles that are six feet long, but we know who those guys are and those women. But they take care of everything. I like it. Hey now. Let's step away and come back for more weekend gardening.
9: Mississippi Lottery is introducing a new daily draw game. It's called Cash 4. And if you know how to play Cash 3, you know how to play Cash 4. It's just that easy. You can play for 50 cents or a dollar with winnings from $100 all the way up to $5,000. And you can play every day with drawings at the same time as Cash 3. Cash 4 begins January 10th. Play Cash 4 and win more. Have fun, y'all. Gambling prom. Call 1-800-522-4700.
6: Your business may be classified as small to mid size, but you view it as an empire and naturally want it to succeed. Do you have the proper tools in place to efficiently utilize the staff who handles administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits? Without changing current processes and proper training, payroll technology alone cannot solve these problems. By utilizing the iSolve platform, MWG Employer Services can create new processes and properly train your staff to maximize the efficiency of this technology. For more information, visit MWGEmployerServices.com
12: no drip roofing in construction the name says it all whatever mother nature can dish out no drip roofing in construction can take care of it with no deposits up front required 601-371-1051 601-371-1051
11: wives do you have trouble getting your husbands to see a doctor tell them the doctor has a boat for sale at man up md we understand most men don't have a doctor but they should Man Up MD is a men's clinic designed for men by men to handle manly issues. From day-to-day primary care to reclaiming your energy and vigor, Man Up MD can keep you healthy and feeling your best. Check us out at Mississippi.com. That's com.
2: Take advantage of year-end savings during the season of inspiration sales events going on right now at Mazda of Jackson. That's right, Mazda of Jackson is giving you amazing savings to close out the year now through December thirty first only. Get zero point nine percent financing on all remaining twenty twenty ones in stock. That's right, zero point nine percent APR, which will save you thousands in finance charges. And Mazda of Jackson will take care of your first year's maintenance at no cost to you. Plus, you can buy with confidence with a twenty year two hundred fifty thousand mile powertrain warranty from Mazda of Jackson. Not only do we have amazing savings, but we have the most incredible credit team around. They work hard to get you approved because 100% credit approval is our number one goal. Have a trade? Bring it in. And we'll give you top dollar for it even if you don't buy a new one from us. Get to Mazda of Jackson during the Season of Inspiration Sales event. Going on now, Mazda of Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. See you for details with proof credit on select models.
4: ever spoken you can sit around and wait for the phone to ring but that's what i do i get paid to do that you should call me triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven on the super talk call line and of course six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five the um oh yeah that's great that's really good. Glad to hear that, John. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yes, um, and indeed, that it's a great new album. Anyway, we'll talk about that one another day. Um, turns out, turns out, sometimes your mother was right, even if you didn't know that. That <laughs> they, I have often said that I am glad I did not grow up in the 19th century or even the 18th century because there was enough that they made me do in the 20th century and in fact there's more stuff that they make you do now but back when I was not here yet girls had to learn to do needlepoint and how to can and freeze and certainly a lot of people did they didn't freeze but they can a lot of people still do those things and that's great but I was not I didn't have to make a sampler and I didn't I did I did have to learn how to sew and I had to learn how to crochet And I I also had to take up an instrument and learn how to dance. And that was just the way I mean, we just had to do that. There was no choice. The idea was that they were trying to raise well-rounded children who would grow up to be adults that could go about in society and not embarrass their families, I think. (laughs) But be that as it may. There was an awful lot of really bad piano and flute playing on my part because I loved it, but I'm not that good. I played auto harp. I, play, I mean, it's just all these things, you know. And I'm not very good at it, but I've always enjoyed it very, very much. Turns out they knew what they were doing, as we as we figured that they did. Um, if, I've, if you've heard this story from me before, I apologize. I was a child that didn't speak. I was a child that talked into her chest and kept her head down and never looked at anybody straight in the eye. Um, When I was a little bitty girl, my daddy said, sugar, if you don't learn to pick your chin up and look people in the eye and talk to them, they'll never know how smart you are. Now, he didn't say how pretty you are or how well you can dance or any of the other things, because we we, in our family, you know, being smart was was everything. And I'm, I'm not sad about that either. But they didn't want me to fall over my own feet and they didn't want me to hide my light under a bushel forever. And so they pushed me into these things. And it turns out, brand new study from the University of Tokyo, you know, there's a a method that people here in America have taken where they can. Suzuki violin classes start when you're like two. I mean, as soon as you can pick up the tiny violin, that's where that begins. The idea is that it contributes to everything that you do. We understand from many, many studies that participation in the arts is absolutely Positive impact on students of every age, but especially grammar school. But now we have the understanding of why and how. It turns out that the same brain activity that goes into playing a violin or playing a musical instrument in childhood is the same that goes into language processing. Those same mechanisms work one on the other. And so there's not the the non musical peers don't have that brain activity. So frankly, my parents were really smart even though they didn't know it because they needed to get their child who didn't talk to be able to be a radio host for a living, I suppose. I don't know if that's what they intended, but they intended that I'd be able to speak and that I would not be embarrassed by talking out loud. And that was part of this whole thing of playing the flute is that you had to learn, you had to play out loud. And so once you can teach a kid how to do some of those things, the confidence does build and the language comes from that. But now we understand that it's also physically connected, the things that, that stir that music learning also stir that learning of language. And so I'm very glad that they made me do that. I'm, I'm still glad that they made me learn how to dance, too, even though that didn't take either very well. It does help to keep from falling over your own feet. It's very, very important. Really neat stuff, by the way. If you're interested in the Suzuki method, you should look it up um, because there's – tons of stuff about it. It's one of those things. It's kind of like the Montessori form of education. It's something that you may not have ever heard of, but once you read about it, you go, "Oh, well great. Of course, that's a great idea." Part of learning something new every day. I'm looking at the All Things Garden Mama weekly, and if by the way, you want to subscribe or if you need me at any point during the week, mama on air at yahoo.com is the way to get in touch with me, and mama is spelled M A M A. So it's mama on air at yahoo.com and then i'll know that it's you and you get in touch um this is the point in the the year when somebody opens up the drawer in the refrigerator especially if you have one in the garage that's usually for beer and watermelon and you go out there and you open the drawer and there's like four dozen tulips in there that you put into refrigerator in october and forgot about yeah i know i I know you do i i I get the phone calls i get the texts. i get the emails (laughs) plant them. Just don't worry about it. Even if they started to sprout, plant them. Just go ahead. But we have to understand that in heavy soil, bulbs need to be planted no more than twice as deep as they are tall. So, for example, if the tulip bulb is an inch tall, you don't want to put it more than two inches deep into heavy soil. And if it's sprouted, you have to put it a little bit shallower than that, but make sure that it is going to be able to stay in the soil and not just pop out. It's important. This is also the time of year when we think about digging up things like crinums, and those. I'm telling you, those bulbs are bigger than you think they are. (laughs) So, get get some help if you need to, or go out farther from where the plant is. Go out, you know, if those leaves on a crinum can be three feet long, and the bulb itself can. If you think an amaryllis bulb in a box is big, crinums are about twice that size routinely. So make sure that you're going out and digging up enough that you, of enough soil that you're not digging into that bulb. It's really important. Um, you don't want to damage it because frankly that's the heart and soul of your, your next flowers. And we don't, we don't need to lose those. Um, this whole notion of sustainable silk is very cool. I, I, I realize that there's, I'm sure that there's a science fiction thing out here somewhere that is the backstory to any of those ones about the um tarantulas taking over the desert, you know, where they're they're like twenty feet tall and stuff. There's a backstory that says we, we put them in for slave labor too long. And in fact if the if the spiders if if the silk spiders could have their way, they probably would have developed this sustainable silk material a long time ago just so they didn't have to work so hard. Um I, I love this. Applied Physics Reviews is letting us know that Tufts University has been taking all of this great information that we have gotten from understanding the silkworms and understanding those processes to be able to turn this into a biomaterial that we can then craft ourselves. It is an important biomaterial anyway um, because it it doesn't generate immune responses, and and it does, in fact – Promote the cell growth that we would expect it not to do. So these are some of the things that we found out. Um, in the, you know many many things, wearable monitors, um, implantable drug deliveries, and those kind of things all use silk. So now we need to make a I want, make a step into the sustainability part of it in order to create it from yes mm-hmm, recycled or discarded clothing. So it's another way to pull down the footprint of all the clothes that we go through and don't keep or don't make a you know they used to when fabric used to wear things used to wear out they used to make quilts out of them i don't know about you i can't quilt very well either so a lot of things end up going hopefully for a donation or they go to a rag bin or sometimes they end up in a mountain someplace and and that's what they're talking about it's trying to keep that from happening by taking that fiber and turning it into the silk equivalent I I think that's really brilliant, really, really smart, really very, very smart. Um, Diana's in Ridgeland. She's on the text line this morning. Refresh us on separating and sharing hostas. Okay, Um, hostas need to be dug before they start to grow. I wish I could tell you when that's going to be this year, but I can't. I'm I'm looking at mine. I've got some in, in containers, and I've got some in the ground. And they're not growing right now. I can tell you that because I looked at them yesterday. But there will be, there will come a point where they're going to start sticking their green noses up and you, you'd want to get them at least at that point. You don't want them to be growing very well or very much before you dig them up and divide them. Hostas really do need to be dug as an entire clump and then divided, even if you're replanting in the same spot. You're, you'll you'll have more plants than will fit in that space. That's why you're digging and dividing. Usually takes three or four years before hostas get that crowded. So that's another reason we forget about them. And then suddenly one year they're tripled and doubled. You know, and they, they, you can't find a flower because they're so tightly grown. And this is a good time to think about doing it. If and here's a here's a big caveat: if you're willing to protect the new ones when you put them in the ground, hostas are not frost hardy on their tips. And as soon as you get them moved, they're probably going to try to start to grow. So I would say keep them mulched, you know, when you when you take, dig them up and relocate them, keep the pots mulched or the the bedding, the plants in the bed mulched and keep an eye on them. You have a long time to do this if they haven't sprouted yet. Just keep an eye on them and at the, the moment you see green coming up, you know that it's time you got to get in there and divide that hosta clump pretty quickly. Okay? Pretty quickly. Oh, I got a note yesterday that said they thought about me because every year I tell you to take the foil off of the holiday plants and so that you can water them right. And he had been away and went back to his office, and the the holiday plants were still okay. They weren't dead or anything, but they all still had foil on them. And I said, well, that, that tells you that they haven't been watered very much because there's not a saucer inside of that. Container, I mean, underneath that container inside that foil. So, yes, you need to take the foil off and water them. Even if you put the foil back on because you think it looks great, you still need to water them very, very thoroughly at this point. If we don't, we're going to end up seeing a, a talk about drying out. We were talking with Mabel about that. Plants do dry out indoors anyway, and we certainly don't want to encourage that. Um, I have one wandering jew um set creesa the the purple heart and it the the question came to me this week about what what about the paling of the the leaves will they do in in less sun and that's that's a problem but bigger problem because the green will come back to purple when it gets back outdoors but the bigger problem is that they dry, the leaves dry up so. So it's another one that's a really good candidate for putting into the bathtub or the shower and giving it the opportunity to really get hydrated before you bring it back into the plant room or the windowsill or wherever you're keeping it. Obviously, it's all indoors at this point. Um, I will tell you this though, I, I have had this, I've, I've always brought in some containers that had coleus or, um, the, the Euphorbia diamond Frost in them and and the question is always the leaves are going to fall off, should I cut them off anyway? well, maybe you're going to enjoy the flowers or whatever this year, I just cut them all in half because i didn 't have time to think about it, and it 's a big plant, so particularly the diamond frost has now got all kinds of new growth on it. I think it 's about to bloom it 's just lovely. I would not have thought that could happen <laughs> so <laughs> i 'm very happy to tell you that I surprised myself. <laughs> Oh fun! This is great. Um, Tallahatchie's got tomatoes and peppers, and it's almost entirely gin trash. And interestingly enough, uh, I, that's true on gin trash. I have seen tomatoes. He says they weren't staked. I have seen that. Pe- seen people do that because then the, the gin trash, when it's well composted, oftentimes makes a really Very fine environment because it drains so quickly. The reason we stake tomatoes is so that they won't be the plants won't get dirty. They won't get as many bugs. They won't get as many of the insects that can come from being on soil. But if it's a mostly gin trash bed, yeah, I can see doing that. A lot of people don't uh, don't like to stake anything, and those are lovely. That's going to be. I should have two of those at least at my house. Mine are teeny tiny, but at least I do have a few tomatoes to appreciate and enjoy. That's fun. It's always good to have a. It's just like it's really good to get somebody else to come and dig stuff up if they need it and you don't want it anymore. It's really great to have somebody down the street that's uh, growing something <laughs> and has too much of it. That doesn't hurt a bit. Doesn't hurt a bit. Oh, let me tell you about the coral. Um, there's this is interesting. We, we know the coral reef ecosystem is in trouble in ways, but. They do support small-scale fisheries, even when they're bleached out. And what, we've under- what we're understanding now is that those rising sea temperatures ha- are difficult on the coral, but it's actually creating a better community for the food, for the fish that are there. It's not probably going to be forever, but it's working pretty good, pretty good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> good morning, y'all. We've been talking about a blues album here on The Text. Now this, my friends, is the blues. Stick around. It's Weekend Gardening.
9: mississippi lottery is introducing a new daily draw game it's called cash four and if you know how to play cash three you know how to play cash four it's just that easy you can play for 50 cents or a dollar with winnings from $100 all the way up to $5,000. And you can play every day with drawings at the same time as Cash 3. Cash 4 begins January 10th. Play Cash 4 and win more. Have fun, y'all. Gambling Prom? Call 1-800-522-4700. This
8: is Jake Mangum, all-time hits leader in the SEC. Two of the best decisions I've ever made were Mississippi State and Mississippi Farm Bureau Insurance. Both teams have supported me through thick and thin. Even though my college playing days are over, I I'm excited to be a part of the Farm Bureau team. If you aren't already with Farm Bureau, it's time to join the team. Visit FabRates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance. Or find a local agent at MSFBINS.com. Farm
2: Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. Those who wait for the Lord will renew their strength, but no one likes to wait. Hear God's promises for impatient people. A classic New Year's message from Dr. Gregory
12: Seltz, this week on The Lutheran Hour. Each Sunday morning at 7 on Supertalk 97.3.
3: New Year, New Lux. If your room feels a little last year, Miss Kelly's is here to help. Get up to $300 off your purchase, plus pay no money down and finance for 60 months so you can buy a lot and keep your payments budget-friendly. Get three rooms of furniture for only $77 a month with discounts and financing. It's a new year, and your new look is waiting for you. At all Miss Kelly locations.
2: Prescription products require an online consultation with a healthcare provider and are only available if the provider determines a prescription is appropriate. Subscription required. See website for full details and important safety information.
0: Hey guys, good news. The outrageously expensive little blue pill is now generic, which means you can get the prescription medication to treat ED at affordable prices. And HEMS makes it extra affordable. You pay just 30 bucks for a month's supply. And right now, get your first online doctor's visit totally free when you go to slash joy. That's right, free, zero copay, no expensive appointments, no awkward face-to-face conversations to get your prescription. HIMSS connects you to doctors online who can evaluate you and, if appropriate, prescribe your ED medication. And a pharmacy sends it right to your door. HIMS makes it affordable, private, and incredibly easy. Nobody likes dealing with ED. Now, thanks to HIMS, nobody has to. And that's really good news. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, forhims.com slash joy. That's forhims.com slash joy for your free online visit. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash joy.
12: the best made to order lunch in northeast jackson is at fourth and goal sports cafe home style plates full of catfish shrimp and rib tips just to name a few eat in or carry out DoorDash or grubhub call 769-208-8283 once again 769-208-8283
2: do you have an idea for an invention but you don't know what to do next call invent help they've been helping inventors for 35 years InventHelp has helped over 10,000 inventors get patents you can meet with an invent help representative who'll keep your idea confidential and explain their invention process step by step and InventHelp's helps data bank includes over 9,000 companies who have agreed to review new ideas call 800-217-4380 that's 1-800-217-4380 <laughs>
4: We'll be traveling out of here pretty quickly, making room for our handyman friend to get in here. You know what else is going on right now? We're having a dearth of our winter-blooming perennials. And by that, I mean I actually saw this. There was a Sasanqua that I had told you about was still blooming. I drove past it this week. Every flower has gone off of it. I'm not surprised at that. But my neighbor's camellia, the, the japonica that usually flowers all the way through January, has already dropped its flowers. It got warm. It got wet. That was it. And I'm afraid we're seeing some more of that in other places. Um, the, the hellebore is still not blooming. The linton rose is still not blooming at my house. It has just enough sun. It has a lovely place to grow. It doesn't have too much fertilizer. All the things are right. It just doesn't bloom. I'm convinced that this year the buds formed and got burned up because it was so warm there a couple of months ago when they would have been forming. There are other things, though, of course, that we are looking at enjoying. Um, the The paper white narcissus are up in the yard. the The, the crocus have ar- the crocus came up and said hello and went away. I don't know about yours, but I barely had any um, of that. The, there's an off. A lot of things, though, that are, for instance, if you're in Starkville or north of there, you've probably got Hardy Cyclamen, and those are absolutely lovely. I have no problem with that. Your your Lenten roses may be blooming. You may have had enough cool weather for that. I hope so. But there's some other things that you should consider. Um, I looked and saw that the flowering quince has already got a bud on it. I'm going to cut that branch and force that uh it's got color on it rather it had plenty of buds, but it had color on it. So I'm going to cut that one and force it inside. You can do that with most of the things that bloom before their leaves come on. For example, branches of cherry or um branches of some of the forsythia, some of the even you know the witch hazel the little pussy willow the other himeracallus himer uh, himalium amabilis i'm sorry um those that whole group of flowers but the problem is that they when they open up and then they go ahead and get their flowers finished and then it freezes we can sometimes lose leaves too so i'm going to enjoy some of it inside and the rest of it i'm just going to leave up to the roll of the dice cuz as we all know gardening is Pretty much of a gamble, <laughs> no question. Um, let's see now. Um, I don't know what that is. Okay, Th- that oh, I'm, I will listen to it. I'm, I'm a big Johnny Winter fan, so I will definitely listen to that. Um, thank you for the thank you for the link. <laughs> Thank you for the link, as it were. Iris and pots in Meridian. When can I dig them? When can I plant them? When can I um, divide them and plant them? The answer is going to be on a good week. And I mean that sincerely. Watch your long-range forecast, and when it's going to be pleasant and not going to freeze for another week, that's a perfect time to take perennials out of containers and plant them. You can do it on a lesser... say it's warm for two days and then going to be cold for two days you can do that but it's going to be harder on you first of all because you'll worry about them but second of all because then you have to worry about what did they get enough water did it rain on them did they get too much water blah 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 all those other pieces instead wait until you've got five days of decent weather plant and let them get settled and recovered before the weather changes again another thing that is blooming right now are the Leatherleaf mahonias. I noticed that the soft caress one that I have is also in bloom. It's pretty. I like that plant. And uh, the strawberry trees also can be in bloom. That's it's, that's arbutus. It's not a it's not a strawberry at all. And sometimes it's a shrub, not a tree. But again, if if you are in a little farther north than I am in central Mississippi, if you're in zone eight a or if you're in zone seven, that's another wonderful one for you. Just like. Um, Daphne. just I, I love Daphne, but I have a little too much hot weather in the summer to get to that. Um, <laughs> Jeff, I hear you. I do. I'm, it's not something I can comment on right here, but I do, I do hear you. I absolutely do. Now, one of the things in talking about all of this, the weather that's been going on and the, the things that I want you to understand about the changes for the trout and all of those things – we're now having to study it, and because we have to study it, all of us who live here in what is, quite frankly, a place that's really hot some of the time, we're learning a whole lot more about how plants respond to heat stress. So I wanted to let you know that we've got more ammunition now in our plant breeding and plant selecting bucket. I'm happy to say that plants respond to heat stress. They, they, they activate that heat factor the heat shock because let's face it they got to react and that that helps them to shut things down a little bit i mean let's face it july 2021 was the hottest month ever documented period in the world so we've got to deal with these things and as we understand now we've gone farther than just getting into that molecular pathway the heat shock response everything has it and can protect us from damage protect our plants from damage but There's also because we're trying to prevent the damage to their proteins, but there's other molecular players that they're just now starting to be able to recognize and in particularly the hormones that act as chemical messengers. So by encouraging those and perhaps by making them available in processes or in plants, we would be able to make that work better, make our heat stresses less for the plants and help the ones that are in stress get over it so that they don't have to be moved another zone north to survive. Sometimes it's going to be just like that. Now, what does this have to do with the ancient civilizations? Just just a moment for me to tell you. They ate a whole lot of different stuff, and that's part of the answer. Again, we get away from the monocropping or the mono anything. Gloria, that is a beautiful, beautiful flower. It looks like alba on the um, camellia, and I just love that. Just beautiful, really, really pretty. Thank you for, thank you for saving that for me. I appreciate it. Um, thank you very much. It's it, Greg. You're right. It 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 is. Um, off, it's just like it's better to be famous than infamous. It is also better to be interested than interesting. And he is absolutely right about that. I can't. I cannot cannot quibble with that piece of information <laughs> you are absolutely right i want to wish everybody a happy carnival yes it has just begun we're um I'm, I'm if you're if you're on the tv today looking at me you're looking at my mardi gras sweatshirt which i usually wear all the way through mardi gras if the weather's right because it's the only time of year that it actually looks right but also because it's the best sweatshirt i've ever had um yeah i know it's a hoodie but it, i have it, i've had it since before that before we call them that. There are a lot of things that we understand about the Mardi Gras, but you have to understand that the Mardi Gras is at the end of Carnival. And we're right now we're in Carnival. We have just passed the festival of the Feast of the Three Kings, that of course are the Magi. We have passed the twelfth night after Christmas. We're headed past Epiphany. We're in Carnival now. And the best thing I saw all this week, I have to say I watched several different pieces of the first parades. Um, you know, they got to parade quick in New Orleans because they may not be able to parade in a couple of weeks. We've got to pay attention to the pandemic. But really absolutely wonderful, wonderful leading the parade. I usually enjoy seeing the flambeaus, the men who carry great big fiery torches to light the way. Well, these guys were carrying great big banners that said, go away. And, of course, they were talking about coronavirus, and they were. there were some that were pleasant and some that were not so pleasant. But I agree. Do the right thing. Let's make this stuff go away. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your family. And please be kind whenever you can. Come back next week for more weekend gardening.
9: Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of TELUS communication Communications.
6: Your business may not be a Fortune 500 company yet,
5: This is Beth with The Range by Jimmy Primos here in Gladstadt. My dad Jimmy is off hunting again, so I decided to start 2022 by extending the 20% discount on our annual memberships and 15 to 20% off on our firearm classes, including our firearm simulator that is great for friends and family wanting to try their skills at real life home defense scenarios or good old firearm competition. Come see us soon!
9: This is Home Answers Radio, and my guest today is Trey Jackson of Bulldog Construction. Trey, if a business has uneven sidewalks, they're asking for trouble. Would you agree? Lynn, they are. It's a trip hazard, and it needs to be fixed. Our foam technology can level those uneven walks without having to lay down any new concrete. Much easier and more affordable. Trey, my wife tripped over one of those and skinned her knee up. She was fortunate. Call Bulldog Construction at 601-853-4242.